Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Again, no Carmen Braidwood. She's sunning herself somewhere in Bali, which uh, much to my disappointment that I'm not there either. But uh, it's uh, she's uh, having a well-earned break. And the Experts Podcast does continue. It does go on. And we're going to tackle a topic and a subject that I think that media has got a lot better at. Media has been able to probably deal with this over the last decade far better than it did in its previous time. We're talking mental health. We're talking well-being. We're talking about all the things that uh, sometimes you you just got that little gut feel that it, it, something's just not quite right. And someone who's out there doing some amazing things and, and doing it almost now on a, a full-time basis is Warren Davies. He's the unbreakable farmer. Hey, Warren, welcome to the show. G'day, Nick. Um, thanks for having me on. So this is an absolute um, privilege to be talking to you today. Oh, Warren, I, I, I should say and let all the listeners know we we love your feedback and uh, and I, I will share with the listeners one one message that you sent to us via LinkedIn. You're on a, a three four hour drive out to the regional centre somewhere and you you basically binge the experts podcast. You poor thing. <laughs> it made the trip and it was actually about uh, six or seven hours and it was um yeah so twelve hours in total there and back and I yeah binged it trying to pick up some um, tips and tricks and just listening to how everyone else does things so it was um it was very educational and and made the trip um, a little bit more bearable but yeah no it was um. Yep, number one fan now, I think. So I should get a gold star or something like that place to be well, able to put on my email um, signature or something like that. <laughs> You're that listener. All right. Uh, Warren, I'd love to find out a bit more about you. Um, you do talk about mental health, well-being, and that's part of your keynote that you do deliver. Where did it all happen? Where did it all start? And let, let's get to the – let's get back uh, – let's go back a bit. Yeah, look, it, it – it, it probably just evolved from my life story really but obviously being the unbreakable farmer that that all started just by doing a speaker course I was searching for my purpose and identity in in the world after losing my farm in the drought and um, I'd kind of lost my way a little bit and I ended up um, being either conned or coerced to do this speaker course at a, a mate that was an entrepreneur who ran self-development courses and an international speaker himself um, decided to run a speaker course and and it was something that was way outside my comfort zone because speaking you know wasn't something that I was 
you know, I never aspired to be or, you know, as a as a kid at school was the one that was reluctant to stand at the front of the class. And my only foray really into public speaking was being a footy coach. Like I, I, AFL is one of my passions and being a footy coach. So this was way outside my comfort zone. So I treated it a little bit more like a self-development course and um, and that's kind of where it started. And, and it's really where the Unbreakable Farmer started because we, part of that, um, those workshops was to come up with a superhero name, which was really as a as an ex dairy farmer, it was starting to get really far fetched. Why? Who needs a superhero name? And I understand now it was all about branding and that. But my story was more about being broken, and it wasn't till one of the guys listened to to me just share a little bit of my story, and and he said, "You're the unbreakable farmer," and I ended up registering that name on GoDaddy, the unbreakablefarmer.com.au, and. And that's where it was born. But as I said, my story is a little bit more about being broken. And and that started as a kid growing up in Melbourne before we moved to the country, you know, subjected to a little bit of bullying. But I think the underlying part of my story was I never reached out for help and never sought any help from anybody. And that's kind of festered along, you know, deep down inside me. And it wasn't until I did become a farmer when we moved to the country and I um, I'd worked on a farm for six years, then bought my own farm at the age of 22 or went into a family business with mum and dad. And, you know, I, I thought I knew everything I needed to know about farming. I knew, you know, I was going into business with mum and dad and any, any of the listeners that are in a family business knows that sometimes that can be fraught with danger. Went into business with the bank because they lent me the money, but I went into a business also with a silent business partner and her name was Mother Nature. And she was mm. the one that was going to throw me a few curveballs and trigger what I now call and share as my mental health journey because all that stuff that had happened growing up as a kid, you know, I, I come from a loving family, don't get me wrong, and all that. It was it was the impact of the bullying at school, the impact that it had on my education and also on my well-being. Um, it was all that stuff. We got um, the first time Mother Nature come knocking on our door was a flood and and that triggered my mental health journey that I call now. And and I basically over the next, um, you know, number of years started to spiral out of control until I got to a really dark place. And, and you know, from that I chose to become really better, you know, become better and, and you know, seek this, you know, path of, you know, trying to get myself right again and, now that had some challenges because, as I said, we actually lost our farm or we walked off our farm, and and that was a really challenging thing because that's when I lost my identity. I I say to my audience as I you know as the furniture van left the farm that day, I unclipped my identity and hooked it on the front gate because that's who I believed I was. I was Warren the farmer, and and nothing more and nothing less. Even though I was a you know a husband and a dad and a and a you know, a son and a brother and all those sorts of things. My whole identity was tied up in my business. So some of them, are, some of those lessons and some of those struggles that I faced are what I share with my audiences now. And, you know, as I said, starting off on this speaking journey, never thought it would ever lead anywhere. It was just a self-development thing, but it's now led to, you know, seeing me traveling around Australia, sharing my story in, in communities and, and trying to fulfill my mission of, you know, 
um, creating awareness and education around mental health and well-being, particularly in rural well, and regional. How, how dark did it get? I mean, who were you able to to talk to people at the time, or is it just that natural? Uh, you're an Aussie bloke. You don't communicate. You don't connect. You don't have to tell people about what you're going through. How 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 dark did that get? No, it got pretty dark, Nick. It was, um, you know. I got to a stage where I thought the world would be better off without me and, and um, you know, I'd spiralled out of the control that much where, you know, we were going through the drought and we're in the fourth year of the drought. So, you know, I was fairly isolated. I'd isolated myself because of my mental health challenges plus the challenges on the farm. Um, so I'd isolated myself from everything I loved doing and couldn't really talk to my number one supporter, which is my wife, because she was going through the same thing, um, you know, so I was fairly isolated and a lot of my mates didn't really understand, you know, that lived in the town didn't understand what we were going through. So I was pretty isolated and, you know, I was, I suppose, displaying lots of um, signs and of, you know, not tra- um, not travelling really well, you know, I was getting angry and sad and frustrated and isolating myself, all these things that we need to pick up on in our community now with people that we that we deal with and, yeah, got to a stage where, yeah, I believe, you know, the world was better off without me and, and that was a really dark and scary place to be in and, you know, obviously to make an a, a attempt on your own life is pretty a dark spot to be in and that's where I was but I chose that day or life gave me two choices that day um, was either I continued to be bitter and twisted and spiral out of control or I could choose to be better and I chose to be better and and that is not an easy journey and that journey's still you know while we're talking today that journey continues and um, each day I try and be better version of myself and and you know when I said I lost my identity and purpose, after a while becoming um, this professional speaker and, and sharing my story in communities, um, I believe that I found my purpose again. Um, it, it helps it helps me as much as it helps the people that I, I stand in front of because it helps me with my anxiety. Sharing my story, you know, helps me deal with that sort of stuff um, really well. It's one of the, my tools in my toolbox and. And, you know, coming from that dark spot, I never thought this is where I would be, you know, talking to you today or, you know, over the last week being in three different or two different states sharing my 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 message at different communities and different organisations and I, I didn't believe this is where I'd be but it, it is and, you know, and I... I find that empowering for myself and, you know, and following that mission, like I said, creating education awareness, inspiring conversations and empowering other people to seek help is is my mission and, and I'm really hell-bent on that at the moment. Warren, well, I want to dive into your media experiences because I, I think I started the podcast off talking about the fact that I, I think that we've got better at talking about mental health and that men particularly are far more open to doing it. Are you seeing that the same way? Uh, the people that you're talking to, particularly out in the regions, have have we destigmatized the the fact that men don't talk about their feelings, don't open up? 
are you seeing some improvement there? I've got two ways of looking at that, Nick. Um, one is that we've come a long, or probably three ways, really. We've come a long way in the last decade or 15 years about, you know, breaking down that stigma and, and making it more acceptable to talk. Um, statistics tell us otherwise, though. Um, it's particularly, you know, I've been in the media a fair bit um, recently on the back of um, the National Farmers Federation and Norco report into farmer well-being and those statistics yep. were fairly alarming um and but the uh, the other thing is when we say about particularly us blokes talking um we've we've come a long way as well but one thing i've recognized as a speaker is us blokes talk a little bit differently to other people and it's and i think it's understanding how we communicate um, how we yeah. communicate with, you know, not every bloke's going to stand up like I do in front of a room and, and share their and be vulnerable enough to share their story, but they will communicate in certain ways and it's understanding that lingo and that communication because, you know, a lot of blokes do reach out and, you know, these reports that get um, get tabled say that, you know, uh, a report by the... Uh, by the um, Suicide Prevention Australia the other day, like a lot of people that end up being statistics have already reached out for help. So they are communicating and they are reaching out for help, but it's, it mightn't be the right help at the right time or they've left it too late or, you know, so they're, they're yeah. the things that I talk about and make sure that people are noticing the signs, knowing how to communicate and making sure they're opening up those conversations, particularly if you're concerned about someone's well-being. We've got a lot of work to do. There's still a lot more work to do. And I I praise you for what you do, particularly from the regional centres. I think there is a, a tendency that I think maybe I, my perception around mental health and the way that it's being reported today in metropolitan Australia seems to be that it, it does seem to be a lot more uh, taken, a lot more... It, it, it's working. The, the, the system is sort of being far more mindful to it. And we're hearing a lot, whether it's sport and you're, you're an AFL fan. By the way, Warren, who do you barrack for in the footy? Uh, barrack for Richmond, mate. And I've been watching no, your you're, socials you're and I know in. that you're on the other side of the fence, so it's okay. But you see it you see it on a sports level. You see it within business. You even saw the North Melbourne football coach take some time off because mental health and mental well-being was important to him. But... I think what I'm hearing from you is that, that it's still a big issue there for the regional centres. It's still a big issue for men generally to, to actually talk about the way they're feeling and also to, to be able to connect and actually let someone at the other end know and it's not just a, a, a cold or a moment. It's, it's actually something bigger. Yeah, and I look and, and a lot of you know to be brutally honest the the mental health system particularly in rural communities is completely broken at the moment and that's you know I think been pretty well documented across the board and one of the things that really concerns me also you know when we talk about big organizations that it just becomes a ticker box thing like it's mental health day today let's tick the box make sure that we're doing all the right things and um you know we've it's got to go a lot deeper than that and you know as i said to start off with the statistics are telling us that you know we've still got a long way to go we've have made great inroads and and any awareness that we can 
create around mental illness and suicide in our community is really important work but we we need to go deeper than that and we need to you know i think one of the things we've lost is that that real skill of or two skills one of empathy and one of listening and you know we need to there are a couple of those tools that I, you know, promote in my talks to have in your toolbox, um, you know, when you're dealing with someone with your own or with someone else's mental health. Um, we need to be able to listen and, and have a bit of empathy and and a bit of kindness is, you know, they're the things that sometimes are lacking in our community because it's a fairly yeah. cutthroat world that we live in and we need yeah. to we need to have dis, um, display some of those skills. Uh, mate, we, we need more of those messages for sure and uh, and thank you for delivering them. Now, your media, you've I've seen you do tours, I've seen you, you pop up on TV, radio, the print media. Which which is the media that gets you going the most? Look, a bit of, bit of everything. Like even this morning I did a radio interview and that was like on a little bit different tangent than I normally talk on and it's really I, I enjoy the, the challenge of you know, you can prepare. Um, don't get me wrong. You have to have the have you know be able to talk the talk, but also be able to be as ag- agile on your feet when a question's thrown at you that you're not expecting. So you need to have a, a good bit of knowledge. But like I enjoy the all the all the forms of media. Um, you know, obviously you, you probably would have seen me pop up on in. Um, on Perth TV and you know that was a nerve-wracking experience and you know I think I even stuffed it up the interview because it was at 5 30 at night and I said good morning well that's um but but being able to roll from that um you know and being confident enough and you know and I think that was a little bit you know something that I share with my audience is I, I deal with my anxiety and depression on a daily basis and and sometimes it might take you a couple of seconds to get rolling, but once you're rolling, you know, generally my purpose takes over my anxiety. But, yeah, that not, that day it didn't. But, you know, all in all, it went well and I got my messages across. And, you know, it's a, it's a challenge because I'm used to that long-form communication of standing in front of a room for an hour and being able to share my story. But trying to get those messages across in, you know, whether it's 30 seconds or three minutes or whatever it is, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. But... You know, I, mean, I enjoy, um, yeah, all forms of those those medias, but I've been doing a lot more radio than anything else, I suppose. Well, can I just tell you one thing? You, you, you didn't mess up Channel 9, and if you do make mistakes, that just makes you more human. And I tell you what, it makes – it builds more empathy and more likability in you uh, as, a, as a speaker, as, a, as an expert, as a commentator – because, uh, you know, you're not a robot. You're a human being, and human beings do make mistakes. Um, I, 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 I just think with the messages that you're, you're talking about, how have, you, how have you found the media as a receptive, receptive sort of audience to, to communicating with their audience? Were you surprised with the kind of media engagement that you've had? Because you've, you've done media just about all over the country. Were you, were you surprised that the con the contact, the the conversations were going to be as uh, well as rampant as as they have been, because I think we all know that mental health is is one of the big health issues that's uh, that's uh, a concern for Australia. Yeah, I think um, you know, like I've had a fair bit of um, luck and success in in being able to get in, and I think I think that one is is 
there's I always say yes that's that's the first thing so you don't miss out on those opportunities but um and obviously um having Susie in my corner is a is an absolute um you know that's it's, I can't even put words to it that to having her in my corner and working for 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 my my cause and and a, believing in my cause is really important as well but um once you once you know, I've been lucky enough that a couple of the radio stations that I've I've been on have been back a number of times. Um, you know, to be able to share my story again, actually, one in Geelong the other day, I got to sit in the studio for a whole hour, like it was amazing, like you know, wow. a whole hour of just me sharing different parts of my story or engaging in just in conversation with the with Rob the announcer. It was absolutely you know fantastic. Like it become nearly long form kind of communication, which was really good. But I'd already been on his show a couple of other times, um, you know, sharing my, um, sharing bits of my story. But I think also I've been lucky as well to make sure that I'm, a, well, and Susie, with with Susie's help being on top of some of the things that are really topical in my space. And, yeah. you know, and obviously, as I've mentioned already, that National Farmers Report that come out, um, was really handy to be able to leverage off as well. So I think picking up the cues within your within your space and being able to leverage off them is really important as well. Oh, I love that. I love that, Warren. And I, the reason I love that more so is that for a lot of the experts that are listening here today is that they will have an expertise in a particular space and they'll be generating their own content. But the ability to identify issues and topics that are running around uh, that are not at uh, what you've created or not something that you have generated is that you can jump on and actually work with it. And I think that's what the media is actually looking for. The media is looking for another voice, another commentator, someone who can share real-life experiences or real-life um, opinions and position that will connect with an audience. And, and that you've done very well. Yeah, no, like that's you know how I've got a couple of how oh, the TV appearance with on the drum was that on the back of that report they were looking for an expert that was going to be able to share real life stuff and you know I call and this is no disrespect to any of the experts that out there, out there that are you know psychologists or that but you know I call it that white coat syndrome where you know. You're you're a doctor or a qualified person. Where I'm just me. I'm just a normal bloke that's been lucky enough to be able to leverage off my story and and create a brand and, and a and a presence, which you know I still don't really understand myself, Nick. <laughs> it's something that oh. I'm still I still pinch myself about. But being able to just be that normal bloke, so it gives a different perspective to say someone who's. Um, clinically minded or a, or a doctor or, or dealing with clients, I'm coming from the, a different perspective altogether. You're coming from the practical side, from the real life experience side. And while they've been training academically to understand what you're talking about, you know, you're, you're living it from the real life experience. And I, I think that's such an important thing. I No disrespect to the psychologists and the white co collar slash white coat, as you refer to them, because there is a need and requirement for them. But I think we underestimate real life experience and what that means when telling a story. And I, and I, I appreciate, and I think media definitely appreciates hearing that from you. And I think that's like I, everyone's got a role to play within 
within the mental health space and I see my role as the conduit. I'm the the conversation starter. I'm the person that someone can relate to and then whether, you know, I share something that then prompts them to go and seek help from a psychologist or a doctor or so that's where I see my role is almost growing up I wasn't. I wasn't a storyteller but I believe I am a storyteller and a lot of my clients tell me I'm a storyteller because I've got a 45-minute slot and I'm still babbling on an hour and 20 minutes later. But So I am a storyteller, but I, I link a lot of what I share back to my story or stories that I've heard or you know people have shared with me as a speaker Like because I've, le- I've, I've learned a lot as a speaker as well about other people. And you know, particularly over the last number of years, I've also fallen into that disaster recovery space. So whether it's been working with drought, um, you know, when we were in the drought and then we moved into bushfires and then into floods and I did, I've done a lot of work, particularly in, you know, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia with the drought, floods and um, bushfires. Um, you, you learn a lot of different skills and, and obviously empathy is one of those skills that you need when you're working in those environments, but you learn a lot as well and you learn how different people cope with different things. So, you know, building up that knowledge is, is um, hands-on is really um, vitally important to be able to, you know, as I said, get put on the spot on the radio and be able to answer a question, a question just from the knowledge that's parked somewhere in the back of your head. Warren, was there any, uh, you say, you mentioned you're not a storyteller, you didn't think you would be a storyteller, but you most certainly are. Uh, And the fact that you can do a keynote for 45, I think that is the greatest fear that for many that will be listening here today doing, speaking in front of a live audience is the most frightful thing to do. But, you know, where where to next for you? Because uh, you are continuing, your books are filled up with, speaking gigs and you're in demand where where to for you what are you hoping to achieve what's the what's the outcome that you're you're looking to uh, to get over the let's say the next 12 months it's very interesting because someone asked me that question the other day and they said do you want to you know franchise and create more but i think i would lose you know i like love doing what i do and i don't you know but obviously i want to build out some workshops i've just launched launching i'm a bit of a technophobe i'm i'm self-professed not the sharpest tool in the shed nick and when it comes so it's um being good to be on this side of riverside because (laughs) i've um i've got about five or six um episodes already in the can and i've just got to do a bit more editing and release them but i've um releasing a podcast beyond the back paddock and and they're just and that's basically an extension of that storytelling because i've been so blessed to meet some amazing people on my journey um you know just you know run-of-the-mill everyday people to you know there's a couple there that i've already recorded well one in particular is a tv celebrity but it's just a normal person i and i got to meet her and um her story we just connected and her story is amazing so being able to use that medium as in a podcast to be able to share other people's stories is is um something that i'm really passionate about so it's a bit of a passion project really as well um so that's one thing that i'm doing and i think i said to you just um off air that you know i've put on an assistant to be able to help me 
do more of my work and 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 she'll take care of some of the mundane stuff behind the scenes just to keep the ball rolling but you know i i haven't you know traveling's not sexy <laughs> and you'd know that yourself sitting in airports and that but i love getting to different communities outside my own and and different industries as well so even though i'm the unbreakable farmer i still get to talk in you know in a corporate environment as you know as well as uh, outside agriculture but you know a, a lot of my work is in that either disaster recovery space or within the agricultural industry of some description but you know to be in far north queensland talking to cane growers and you know last week i was in mildura talking to the biggest almond growers in the southern hemisphere like you know they're it's um a, a broad experience of um of different parts of the industry but it's um there's a lot of similarities as well and it's just about doing a little bit of homework before you get there so you know what their challenges are so you can make sure that you're ticking off the outcomes that are required oh yeah i love it i love all of that and I, I i so agree with you on the fact that it doesn't matter whether you're on the land or whether you're in the uh the boardroom it's it is a it's a challenge and it's a and the real issues that are happening for everyone and I suppose your your message is probably predominantly towards men, etc. But the females out there too, they they're in they 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 suffer as well, don't they? Well, I've never actually pigeon my pigeonholed myself as a men's mental health speaker. I talk more about community mental health, and that in you know, and one of the weird weird stats that I've got. Um, I've got about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn and about 78.9% of them are women, um, which is a really interesting stat. But um, And I have lots of women contact me to, you know, how can I talk to my husband and or how can I get my husband to come along to one of these events and, and, and listen and talk. So it's a, a really – but I know the blokes are out there and it's one of the things – and you talked about that before about um, – making you know that breaking into the media with a subject like mental health is might be difficult and and it is also trying to create those conversations because i've had plenty of blokes come up to me and go oh, i've been following you for about you know about four years on social media but they've never liked or commented or done anything and you wouldn't even know they're there but you know they're there so you know I, it's one of the things if i put a post up and I'm not expecting to get hundreds of likes on my posts on in social media or you know hundreds of listeners but some as long as there's one person listening and and they can use it to help themselves is you know part of my my mission and purpose but I think just putting stuff out there consistently which is what I tried to do during covid and you know since covid consistently putting stuff out there knowing that it's going to land somewhere and someone's going to hear it and someone's going to be able to use it to help themselves or help someone that they love so that's that really drives me i don't you know try to be the you know the best at social media or anything i just put out and i always say to people like if they follow follow my social media you'll understand where my head's at every day because um, it's very it's not planned it's very spontaneous and if i have a thought in my head or something's you know challenging me that day or this is how i'm feeling i'll do a post about it and that's that's just my social media and it and it's worked for me look because i've never um paid for advertising or done anything everything's always come from word of mouth and you know and and it was a big leap of faith to to 
um, join Media Stable, to be totally honest with you, but so glad that I have because it's it's broadened um, it's broadened where my message um, is landing and on different you know in you know different topics as well. So not just talking about particularly mental health, but you know about rural communities and and the resilience and how to build resilient communities as well. So um, it's 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 you know really broadened. Um, where my message lands, but it's also broadened my interest as well, which is which is really which has been really good. It's developed me as a as a speaker as well. I think we've only just scratched the surface here, Warren. I think we've only just scratched the surface, not only of the the media engagements that you're going to be getting over the next twelve months, but um, uh, the topics and the people that you're going to be reaching. I, I just think you've just got such an important message to uh, to put out there and it's been an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you and um i'll leave you with this before well, before we say our goodbyes i did see a spike in the experts podcast about a week ago and i reckon that was when you were traveling for the six uh, six hours there and back it was a massive spike um no we, we do very well with our uh, engagement and i think this is going to be a very popular podcast Warren, the Unbreakable Farmer, how can people get in contact with you? How can they reach out to you? How can they book you for a, a speaking gig? They can jump on my website, which is www.theunbreakablefarmer.com.au or catch up with me on socials or anywhere, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn or Instagram and or on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, just drop me a message. Even if you just want to have a chat, I'm always open to, you know, if someone's facing a, a challenge and they just want to have a chat about it and feel comfortable enough to share my story, which I privileged to get people sharing their stories with me all the time. It's, um, you know, just reach out in any way, but yeah, there's a booking form on my website, but jump on there. If you want to book me for a speaking gig, that'd be really great. But, um, if you just want to chat also happy to have a chat. Oh, Warren Davies, you are a legend. Thank you so much for what you do and uh, appreciate you being on the Experts Podcast. An absolute privilege, Nick. Um, um, as I said, as a as a fan coming on the other side of it, it's a, it's a privilege to have a chat with you today and, um, and great to see your face and um, look forward to catching up with you soon. See you at the next Meet the Media, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing your work there. Uh, that was Warren Davies. Uh, he is the unbreakable farmer and definitely sharing a message that has to be, that has to get better and greater breakthrough. And, and Warren is working very, very hard to do that and doing such an amazing job. Well, I look forward to having your company and maybe we'll get Carmen Braidwood back. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, we look forward to having your company when we speak to another expert and another media. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.